everybody, it's Aladdin. My friend Genie is a real safety nut, and he wanted me to remind you to stay seated with your seatbelt fastened nice and tight. This just in. A Jungle Cruise skipper reports spotting the lost safari near the African veldt. As you board the monorail, watch your step, lower your head, and please slide all the way across the seat to the far window. So do everything you can. You owe a lot to your old man. Eastern Airlines Flight 72, your Fiesta flight to Mexico and the ancient pyramids, now departing at gate 19. W. Your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 627. And together, this and each week, we'll celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more as I take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, community, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. We'll continue our journey through the Music of World Showcase this week as we make our way around the promenade and virtually visit each pavilion. We'll also deep dive into the parades, including Tapestry of Nations, as well as background loops and all of the nighttime fireworks spectaculars over the years, of course, including illuminations. We'll share personal favorites, nostalgia in the parks, as well as what's to come in the future, including Harmonious and the introduction of Disney music into Epcot. Of course, I want to hear from you, and I'll let you know how and where you can share your thoughts about the Music of World Showcase. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win an all-new Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Let's, let's move on to Morocco, where, save for the live music, I have always found that the music in Morocco does not necessarily seem to be as pronounced or as prevalent. And I think it's also due in part to the fact that there are other sounds being piped in throughout that pavilion as well. As you go to the Fez house and use, as you walk through some of the, the marketplace streets in the background, you're not only getting some music being piped in, but you're getting crowd noise in as well. And there's this, this, this almost hum of these drums and cymbals and violins and lutes mixed in with the sound of what would be a very busy marketplace. But I think for a lot of people, when you think of Morocco, and I know there's a lot of people talking about bands and, and groups that we miss, you know, Moroccan was for a lot of people, not just an introduction to this Pavilion, because not everybody is is daring enough to try Moroccan food, or you know, and go to restaurant Marrakesh. So there's and there's no attraction. So a lot of times people would would walk by, but people would often stop. And Moroccan was this wonderful blend of traditional instruments and music set to more modern 
rock style. Um, and they were in, in the pavilion from, I think, like 1999 or 2000 to around 2015. And there's been a few others, and I'm forgive my pronunciation, uh, Bennett Huriat uh, was there until the parks closed in March of 2020. Uh, there was another group called Rebob or Rybob Fusion. And then there's also Musique Aramenko, which is a, another live musical group as well. And as somebody who has never been there, knew very little about the culture other than the joy that the Tangerine Cafe brought me on a consistent basis. It was, I think, having a group like Moroccan and a sort of a modern interpretation of classical music from that area, from North Africa, was a great way to introduce people into something that they might not have been aware of otherwise. And you, you come, you stop, you stop for the Moroccan music. You stay for the belly dancing. Because just talk about Moroccan and not mention the belly dancer would be would be a sin. Because it was a core element. And and the kids, the kids would a lot of the kids would eat it up and the, and the little kids would get up and they try to they start dancing out in front. It was such a festive, beautiful um, environment. Uh, I loved it. And it because that music was even though it was jazzed up or rock, you know, sort of more rock style. I don't know if that's a appropriate term to use or not, but hence the name Moroccan. Um, yeah, but it was it was still Moroccan music. I mean, they were still playing santiers, and they were still playing. I mean, the the, the three string guitar. Is that called? Is that a santier? What is that called? Uh, Zach knows. Uh, they, they, it's still exotic music, and to see families who I know weren't adventurous enough to try a lot of the things on the menus in that pavilion, they still were really getting into the music, um, and so that was a that was a really really cool element that i that i hope comes back soon um because it is missing you're right the music is just there's just hints of it but there's not a lot of it going on in the pavilion itself i just miss when the mostly kosher band was playing a bill kind if you've been lucky then sunday was not not worse than monday was drink kind of like the not that's not my musical association yeah I love the way that they pipe in, like Lou's saying, they pipe in other sounds besides the music. It's very rhythmic. It's very, yeah, it's, there's so much going on. And it always feels like there's more going on than there actually is. And But it's not sensory overload. I mean, you've got the, um, so many like drums. I don't want to call them bongos because I know there's so many various drums that are a part of that sound. But when you get farther back, you know, past restaurant Marrakesh, it almost sounds like you can hear people up on the second level Mm -hmm. and it kind of causes you to turn around and you're expecting to come around the corner and see a couple people having a conversation, but it's so just expertly crafted that when you walk back, it just feels so lived in. It's not this theme park. It's not this sculpted place. This is where people live. This is where they're working. They're, they're up on that other level having a meal. And you just happen to be wandering into their world, their space, their day. And the music kind of draws you in. You know, it's like this siren song. It just kind of beckons you to go farther back into that space and figure out what's going on back there. You want to be a part of it. And it's it feels adventurous. I mean, I know that sounds so cheesy, but it, it's like any sort of 
adventure movie where they're in this bazaar, this you know um, marketplace. You go back and you just feel very much indie, indie in that space. Bad, bad dates. It's it's a wonderful place that uh, I've recently fallen in love with that pavilion and so many of those cast members. You know they they are still. The ones that are there are from the Kingdom of Morocco, and they're incredibly friendly people. Uh, if you just take the time. cast members? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, not all of them, but there have been a good chunk that have remained. Okay. Well, I think you have fall- to go back there at night. You have to. You have to wander back at night. That's when there's nobody there. Is the best time. Is the best time to be in. in- I'm afraid to get lost. <laughs> think about so, so you mentioned falling in love. Zachariah, and when you talk about falling in love, you need to go to France, where I look at France from a musical perspective, and we almost can break it out into a number of different elements. So there's the French background music, the identifiable, clearly identifiable French background music with the accordions and the strings and the woodwinds and songs you may or may not necessarily be familiar with. Now there's the introduction of, as we mentioned earlier, some of the Disney music from Hunchback, Ratatouille, and Beauty and the Beast. There's also the songs that are recognizable. Um, Farah Jaka. La Vie en Rose has, for years, been one of my favorite songs ever um, for a, a lot of different reasons. And hearing that song in the French Pavilion has always put a smile on my face and then there's also the music of Impressions to France and I know I'm sure all of you have opinions in terms of the love that I think many of us have for the music that's in there uh, because in this nearly 20 minute long presentation and it never sort of feels that long. It never feels long because it flows so well. It goes from, you know, a simple singular flute to this huge triumphant orchestral symphony and songs that you may or may not recognize uh, along the way. And uh, again, we mentioned Buddy Baker in terms of Future World, and his name has to become, is synonymous with Impressions to France because he is the composer and arranger of uh, of this. And I think this is one of, and I think one of you even said this at the beginning, at the outset, that Impressions to France is, is what you think of when you think of World Showcase. So uh, Lisa, Zach, Jason, Give me thoughts about either impre- give me your impressions of France as well as the individual the, the show as well as the music throughout the pavilion. So I went into this sort of hands off on impressions to France because I knew that Jason would take the lead on that one. Um, and it is incredibly beautiful. I will say, you know, just very briefly that La Vie en Rose, there's a there's maybe three or four songs that sort of sum up Epcot for me. Um, they're all featured in that international gateway loop, um, you know, and throughout World Showcase. Levy on Rose is without question um, near the top of that list. Um, it's just it's just one of those songs that I will never not associate with um, strolling around Epcot and you know, walking in that international gateway entrance and over the bridge um, to whatever I'm going to nosh on in the, or drink in the France Pavilion. Um, 
but I'll let I'll let Jason take the lead for impressions. And I will just quickly say that that the Louis Armstrong version of Lovey and Rose is my favorite. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> the uh, impressions of Franz, it's it's like top three favorite attractions. Period. I love it, um, and it's and it's I think at least seventy five percent of that is about the music. Um, the the thing is that they so wonderfully intertwine uh, these pieces, these French original compositions that that everyone knows but they don't know, um, uh, like Debussy and Saint Sans and those, but but the Buddy Baker, uh, the original the original composition that he wrote, the musical score for that, um, like it's just. It just it allows for these just perfect, elegant segues between the scenes um, and ties it all together. And, and, and you can go from literally from the mountaintop <laughs> to to the shores uh, to the you, know, you go from being on skis to being with the fishermen in an instant. And it's the music that transitions you so seamlessly. Uh also, it's important to note that this has this is a Guinness Book of World Records entry for Impressions of France, ha- having been the longest running daily screening having of a film in the same theater, period, which is pretty cool. And I think people uh, don't realize just how much Baker contributed because 22 out of the 49 scenes has original music by Baker. Right, right. And, that does, and, to, and to be able to pull that off because the... Even, but even the even the arrangement of non-original music, where you, like in the beginning when you start with uh, uh, Claude Debussy's, uh, I forget which piece it is. I think it's it's uh, are you on the shores by the cliffs? And it's a syrinx or something. And then and then you then transition to my favorite scene of all, where you're drifting down the waterway just slowly, and that's the Saint Saëns piece. Um, the music that just that just the transition in those two completely different pieces is amazing it's you can watch you can go to that attraction with your eyes closed and and come away with a fantastic experience and people need to be quiet is <laughs> if you go to that attraction it is a religious experience for some people and it's like Jason will a, shush you you got to be quiet it's like going to a nice jazz club you got to stop talking you got to listen so nice. Lisa, she doesn't talk. She's the perfect person to go with. I think the special thing about so much of this music is that it creates memories that we carry with us back home. And I grew up uh, like in a kind of very water-based town. Everything had bays and canals and things like that. And my grandparents had a canal behind their house. And on their boat, they had a CD player. And my grandfather kept a copy of the Impressions de France music on the boat. And so when we would go down the canal, he would play that track. And every single time without fail, he would look over at me and go, you know, like Epcot. And so that was always this silly special thing that we have. And so it's where the art impressed life impressed art. And it's this great thing of like, when we were on the boat, it made us think of Epcot. And when I'm in Epcot, it makes me think of being on the boat. And so it's this beautiful, beautiful piano piece um, that will always remind me of my grandfather. And 
it's it, like Jason said, it's just it's so good. It, it's just a wonderful piece of music. And the finale, the finale yeah, oh. is uh, by Saint Saint is the uh, Symphony Number no. Three, which is also featured in the movie Babe. My favorite part of the Impressions of France music is Claire de Lune, which was also featured in Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. There you (laughs) Um, go. But it's, you know, you mentioned the the CD, and and obviously, kids, you can Google what a CD was. But when Disney used to publish the Disney Parks movie, the Disney Parks music CD back in the early 2000s, the Impressions de France track was less than 10 minutes. And it did not include any of the Buddy Baker music. It's a travesty. And I and there has to be some sort of a, a licensing um, issue with that in order to do it. But yeah, if you if you have if you have that version of it, you do not have the full eight. And it's a shame because, like you said, he used you know he used the London Symph- Symphony Orchestra, which obviously I think helped to connect the modern music that he was writing and composing and arranging along with these songs that have been, you know, 200 years of, of French classical music. The entire, I mean, the, 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 the scene with the hot air balloons that that's sort of floating, that is complete. That's all Buddy Baker. All Buddy Baker. Like, they, like, there's so much, so many of your favorite scenes are actually the Buddy Baker. Uh, uh, yeah, it's those big, warm, sweeping cello pieces. You know, he's not oh, making church. It, Yes. Oh man. The, and and the and the scene. Oh, the scene after the after they get married. The couple they get married. And everybody's <laughs> dancing. Da, 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 and then you get the scene of the the old couple. It's like that sort of poetic walking down that trail. You cut, you cut from like these two people just starting their lives together to the old couple walking along the 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 edge of the cliffs. They like with their dog in tow. Oh, it's so nice. And and I do want to quickly mention because oh, I think it's important because it's an element of of the France Pavilion now is introduced. Last year or year and a half ago, whatever, is the Beauty and the Beast sing along, and we, you have to mention it because for oh, some yeah. people, especially those I think that have young kids or or and or love the film, that is an attractor for them, um, and it, and I think it adds a bit of a more fun, whimsical Disney element to the pavilion, which until Ratatouille opens, did not necessarily have that, um, as, as a lot of these pavilions did not have. There was not a Disney element. And, and I believe it currently alternates between the sing-along and the Impressions de France showing in the, the singular theater. All right, let's quickly, uh, let's keep moving on because there's still moving a on. lot that we have to get to. In between, obviously, France and the United Kingdom, we mentioned at the outset the International Gateway Loop, which you know, is 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 not just sort of a mega mix of of songs from the the different pavilions, but ones that you'll find there that you won't necessarily hear. Um, you know, is is this sort of the, like the single theme that has this international flair? But I do want to move over to United Kingdom, which I think is probably most well known and appreciated, not necessarily for the background music, but for the variety of live music that they've had over the years. They've had uh, bag. Do you remember the bagpipe players back in the early '80s? It was a trio of bagpipe players that they were both. It was like a musical comedy act that was out in the um, in the town square, and then there was the the Paul McKenna band, the British Revolution, which um, unfortunately is no longer there. But my favorite part of, from a personal perspective, my favorite 
uh, my oh, there's also a Quick Step. There was also another group called Quick Step. My favorite part has always been the Hat Lady uh, inside the Rose and Crown Pub. There are there are multiple performers who are the Hat Lady, but I do have a personal favorite, and and Carol Stein, mm-hmm. the Hat Lady, is she she now plays inside the World Showplace, especially during a lot of the festivals, but she is one of the most remarkably talented musical performers I have ever seen anywhere, anytime, not to mention the fact that she is the nicest person on the planet and always has a smile on her face. She is, is quote unquote worth the price of admission. And the fact that she is not only able to play anything you could possibly think of, (laughs) but come up with these, on the fly songs about you and your family and where you're from and what you do and just be able to sort of riff off that is just um she is gifted she is absolutely gifted and and she is a treasure yeah she's amazing i love that they've got her in world show place now um you know where you can enjoy her in a socially distanced environment um she's wonderful um i loved british revolution i miss them very much and i hope that they'll be back um, at some point or, you know, some, some band like that. Cause that was just like such a lively part of, um, of the evenings at Epcot. And I'm often leaving out that, you know, international gateway back exit. So, you know, and so many times I would be like walking out and like hear them playing and be tempted to stay and, you know, end up kind of revising my evening plans um, accordingly. So I do hope that they're back. But I do think that the loop at the UK Pavilion deserves attention as well, because so many of the songs, I mentioned Levy and Rose, but so many of the, and Rokudan, but so many of the, the songs that I associate with being at Epcot um, are because of that UK loop. Um, Greensleeves, obviously, but also Molly, uh, Molly Malone. Um, and I believe it's called Two Hearts in Three Quarters Time. Um, that plays, it's a UK song. It also plays in the International Gateway Loop that's right there. Mary Sue Easter Egg song? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like those, so much, so much of, I don't know why, but like so much of what I associate with Epcot, um, I don't know why, if it's just because it's also pulled into the International Gateway Loop, Mm -hmm. um, but is is UK stuff. Molly Malone definitely is like a big, big one. Um, But the two hearts and three quarters time as well. Well, it's great because I think too many people think, oh, it's the England Pavilion. And no, it's it's all the United Kingdom. You're getting that Scottish influence. You're getting the Ireland. You're the getting Irish. Wales. There's so many other things. You know, you take the high road. I take the low road. I mean, it kind of comes in. You're like, ah, I know that. And you're like, that's not England. Correct. <laughs> and it has a really, I think, pretty, um, it could be mistaken for Fantasyland, I think, at times, certain sections of it, because it does have that, you know, European feel. Duh. But it's a really, I think, laid back, um, fun feel. It's very lighthearted. It's not super in your face. Lisa already talked about green sleeves. It's just, it's kind of pretty music, which you get some of that. Um, there is some regal sounding music too. I mean, yes, I think very it, I think, regal sounding. I feel like the music of the UK Pavilion matches the architecture of the UK <laughs> Pavilion. You get this, I mean, this sort of like from the gardens to the sort of more, uh, I don't know what you call it, the, the castle-looking uh, style. I mean, it, it, you, you, you get this, you do get this mix um, of, uh, of music there that I think it like just fits. It just fits the setting really nicely. And there is, I mean, I um, 
after this show, I still won't remember the names of the songs we're talking about, but uh, they are super familiar. And they're almost like, they're almost like songs from childhood for like of, of sorts. Um, so it well, makes a lot of it, I think feels very main street USA. Um, you mean, and almost like, like the... if you know, like the married life song from up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a lot of it has that same sort of rhythm and upward beat. Um, it, it has that same feel like uh, yeah. the, um, the song I mentioned, the two hearts and three quarters time or the comforting ever. It's, it, it definitely has that up feeling to it. Well, it's like played on flute. So it's very light. It's very free. It's fun. Well, and because the pavilion sort of is a, is a journey through time. So is the music uh, that follows along as well. Let's move over to Canada. And if I say Canada, what's the first thing that comes to mind in terms of music? Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. <gasps> I'm so glad you said that. I'm so. It took me so long to figure that out too. But yeah. Zach Brown is the song from the film the wrong answer? No, it, there, there isn't a wrong answer, right? There is a wrong answer because I was curious: is it, you know, oh Canada? Is it Canada a lifetime journey? Is it off kilter? I think for a lot of people, off kilter is the first thing they think of because they were such such a fixture for so many years. I mean, they were there for almost almost two decades uh, before they left in 2014. And, and they were a huge fan favorite. And again, Canada, the same thing. It's the trifecta of the live music from Off Kilter, which is not just playing traditional music, but doing covers of popular rock songs from not just Canadian artists, but other artists as well. Um, they were replaced by the somewhat short-lived Lumberjack show there. There's also the background music, right? The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Gordon Lightfoot, and If You Could Read My Mind and Early Morning Rain. Some of these songs are like, oh, yes, I know it, I recognize that. And then there's also the music from the attraction, too, which I think is beautiful. Um, I've always loved the music from there. And again, it's the Bob Moline. It's the Bob Moline version of Canada, You're a Lifetime Journey, which has had really two different incarnations over the years. There was the original version, which was sung by John Zav and Juanice Charmaine. And then there is a newer version, uh, which is sung by Ava Avila, the French Canadian singer who won the fourth season of Canadian Idol. But that ballad um, I think is one of those that is it's the same song arranged slightly and sung slightly differently but is one of those those mental mainstays of World Showcase It feels so original, Epcot. The the I'm talking about the ambient music, the, um, the background music there. When you're standing in the garden and listening to, <laughs> I mean, the cover of uh, the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald, like that, 
you you listen you're like i know this song but i don't really know this song and it feels so uh it feels so early 80s and and i think i feel like the rest of the music there including um like uh what is that uh jean dupe like the the, it's like the the french canadian uh folk music that's also intertwined it's still played in a way um that sounds like it's original maybe it is original to like epcot and it's got that just nostalgic retro feel to me and i adore it i think the area music is so classic epcot like you're saying it's one of those things that you whichever direction you're coming from into that pavilion you hear and it kind of takes you into that time and space of early Epcot it just feels like kind of like when you're walking up to the land pavilion you know you're just like this is Epcot and it hasn't changed it's a consistent thing uh, it's it's beautiful music I really really exactly oh my gosh like, I just want to I just want to lay down here and just relax just like just go hang out and like we'll build a little hammock out by that that little cabin they have you know that little uh <laughs> yeah they frown the, up, the just gardens. so you know they frown that upon little, that i'm not saying i know that from personal experience but for those of you wondering jason is available for parties to come and hum the uh the music of the epcot pavilions so you can find him at his website i'm with the magic <laughs> <laughs> Stand in a corner and awkwardly out in the songs. I want to very quickly and awkwardly transition from Jason humming in the corner to uh, I, I want to quickly mention the live music. You know, if we're going to talk about the music of World Showcase, I think we need to talk about the live music of World Showcase, which might not be something that, that you think of. And and I want to sort of mention this first before I get to specifically the America Gardens Theater. One of the things that I loved was during the recent Epcot Festival of the Arts, we talked about our love of Voices of Liberty. Did any of you catch the Disney songbook where mm-hmm. the Voices of Liberty were performing uh, Disney songs and Disney composers and lyricists and a very different set than they what they normally do in the American Adventure Pavilion? Yeah, it was wonderful. But over in the America Gardens Theater, which, as you may or may not remember, originally did not have a cover. It was an open-air theater, like Hello Hot Summers. <laughs> but Festival of the Arts, Flower and Garden, Food and Wine Festivals, Holidays Around the World, Guardians of the Galaxy, Awesome Mix Live, lest we forget. Um, and wait, did any of you ever see, and I'm not kidding, this was a thing, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance? Like the actual Michael Flatley? It, it, Michael Flatley wasn't there, but oh, okay. Um, yeah. So in in 1999, I think it only performed for one season. But part of the reason why I wanted to mention the America Gardens Theater is obviously right now in pandemic they're able to utilize that for for groups like. Mariachi Cobra to come and perform for a much larger audience. But during some of the different concert series, these are always super popular. These are always things that I enjoy. And I love being able to go to Epcot at a different day and a different festival and get Journey 
Air Supply, Tony Orlando, Wang Chung, Dennis DeYoung, Sister Hazel, Starship, Richard Marks, Marshall Tucker Band, Awesome Mix Live. I mean, the list goes, Tiffany, Tiffany was there, Sugar Ray, Billy Ocean, so many of these performers and bands that I know that I and many others grew up with are some of the biggest attractors. And when they are there, it's amazing to see how people walk into Epcot, they bypass every pavilion, every attraction, and they get right online. And some people, as soon as the first concert's over, they get off and they get back in line again because it's such a wonderful venue and an opportunity to see so many of these performers live in a very relatively small, intimate venue. It's always been my go-to, like when I talk about the value of an annual pass, um, and it's something that I hope we get back very, very soon. Like, Like if you feel like you're not getting your money's worth out of your annual pass in a normal year, obviously, um, you know, you're not spending enough time at Epcot because the performances that are there from the the Broadway series, um, which is incredible during Festival of the Arts, like one of the best shows I've ever seen um, was the Ashley Brown and Josh Strickland um, performance a couple of years ago at, at Festival of the Arts. So, so good. Um, and, you know, I, I'm shocked that you didn't mention Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was saving the best for last. At, at Garden Rocks and, and uh, you know, Night Ranger and Flock of Seagulls and Eat to the Beat, like the Boys to Men concert is always incredibly good and 98 Degrees and Kenny G and Tiffany and Hanson. And like, like three times a night, seven days a week usually, like, if you don't think you're getting your money's worth out of an AP, like, in a normal year, like, head to Epcot any given night. Like, because, like, the the value that's just thrown in, in there just from being in the park. Um, and Rick Springfield absolutely. puts on a show. Yeah, he does. That man puts... All right, trivia question. What beloved for Lou Mangiello, 19... 19- Late 1970s television series was Rick Springfield a regular on for like the first few episodes before he mysteriously disappeared. Was it Partridge Family? Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar, he was not on Battlestar. He Galactica. was on Battlestar Galactica. I kid you. Yes, he was. You're confusing him with what's his face. Who, uh, no, I know what's his face, and he's no what's his face. Rick really? Springfield was on Battlestar Galactica. Wow, really? Circle. I think okay. I think he puts on a show. And I think that boys to men put. Boys to men puts on a great show. Boys to men puts on a great show. I love when you go during the Festival of the Arts and they have the guys from Disney on Broadway. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody has the opportunity to go see a Broadway show. And when you get to see not only that level of talent, but, and not only just doing their show and most likely not their show. They're doing such a medley of the different songs. It, it's, it's so raw. It's, it's fantastic. These are powerhouse dynamo voices and you're, you know, of course they're mic'd up, but you just look at it and go, man, these guys are really, really good. And that alone, like Lisa said, is if you have an AP, like that is worth the trip to Epcot. And there have been times where I'm like, I want to go check this out. And that would all I would, you know, all I would have done that day and feel so satisfied with that experience. I highly recommend it. 
And Lou, forgive me if I'm jumping ahead and we're not finished. Well, we can always go back to the others. But while we're talking about American Gardens Theater performances during festivals, I don't think we can you know, candlelight processional. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to go there. It's, um, it, it, I mean, the epitome of the Disney experience, um, no matter who your favorite narrator is, um, to hear... Uh, I'm a Jewish girl. Right? <laughs> like, Never done it. But I think that's the beauty yeah. of candlelight. It, it right. I mean, matter. it's just, right. you know, I'm very equal yeah. opportunity as religions go. But um, but to well, sit there and listen to Oh Holy Night, um, you know, I, blocked I by the, the grass. And- I visibly weep. Me too. 100%. That show will break you in the most beautiful way. And it's the you know and, it, and the fact that it's the cast members. I was watching I was watching YouTube videos of it because it it's a little close to home for all of us, I'm sure, right now because we didn't get it this this past season, um, and I I know we all missed it. But I was I was watching a YouTube video of it earlier today when I was preparing for this, and just watching like the cast members walking with their candles, and I know like what an honor it is like for the cast members who get chosen um, to be a part of that show, um, you know come in and it, it, it's just such a beautiful beautiful experience like to listen to the Christmas story and whoever your favorite narrator is like they're all so so talented and they all have their own spin on how they choose to do the show and like as it kind of builds up and toward the end like the brass instruments are kind of flocking you on the wings and it, it's it's just such a powerful And like to be able to like get a drop of the hat. I remember last year my mom was in town, um, and, and like Neil Patrick Harris was doing it that night. She's like, "Let's go over there," and I was like, "Mom, like, there's no way, like, there's no way." And she's like, "Let's just try." And so we did. We like went over there and hopped in line. We ended up getting in, um, and like talk about like value of an AP. Like to be able to like stroll into Epcot and see that. Yeah. Um, it, I'll try it, I guess. Uh, Come on, man. It's, it's Doogie I mean, Howser singing about Jesus. I, here, here's the thing. I've seen it. So my, there's two ways that I've experienced it. And I believe I'm probably speaking for most people listening when I say there's two ways that I've experienced it. One is walking by and walking by as slowly as I can, slowly as I can without getting yelled at. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. And then uh, YouTube. Because I just have always been averse to waiting in a long line. And I don't plan ahead enough. And dining package. It is worth doing the dining yeah. package. Yes. Without yeah. a doubt. You get a nice meal. You get a good seat right up in front. Maybe someone will go with 50-piece orchestra. If only there was somebody Maybe who someone would go, go with Jason me. when it, God willing, comes back this year. Uh, I would like I, to see Neil Patrick Harris do it. So I love Neil Patrick Harris because he is one. I mean, everybody loves Neil Patrick Harris. He's a Edward Disney James, fan. Edward he James injects Owens. so much of his own personality into it, too. Other than him, do you have anybody else that you've seen that you find is remarkably good? Gary in person? Is, is incredible. Yeah, I think Gary is incredible. Yeah, that would be good to see, too. Wait, wait, I love oh, watching Neil Patrick Harris because he, like, he get he participates. Like, he sings. Absolutely. Like, full heart, like wholeheartedly, like, you can see him, like, singing with the with the cast members. He dances a little bit. Yeah. So Triple threat. Triple threat. Yeah. Yep. All right, I'll continue on with my random, obscure, nerdy trivia. As long as we're talking about Battlestar Galactica connections, what Battlestar Galactica cast member is a narrator of the Candlelight Processional? 
Is it Edward James Olmos? It's Edward James Olmos. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be Lauren Green. Oh, oh but I he love Lauren be, Green. Oh, God, he would be amazing. Bonanza. <laughs> Maybe he did it back in the day. Who knows? Maybe so. Maybe so. So I, I, before we, I, I don't, are we finished with the performance thing? I believe we I are. I feel there's one piece of music, and I know we got to get to the crescendo here, but I know that there's one piece of music that I think we have to mention, even though some of us might not want to. Because for those who, who maybe whose first Disney experience is happening right now during this weird time, um, the cavalcade music of, of Epcot's World Showcase, but like that is a real thing. And it may, it's maybe too much of a real thing sometimes, but it is, uh, it is frequently happening. Um, you get different music, the different, you get the, you get the, the Mickey and Minnie cavalcade music you have the princess music you have the uh what's the other one the um there's three different ones right there's the princess there's the mickey mini and then there's another one i can't remember i know there's three anyway there's different you have and i don't feel like they're not i mean there's the princess one is princessy oh there's the frozen one how can we forget the frozen one um, and the Frozen one clearly has the Frozen music, but I don't feel like the other two have music that's specific to an IP, at least that, that's not recognizable to me. Um, but I, I, it's it's just interesting to think that this, whether it continues or not, there are going to be people years from now who think back to their early experiences in Epcot and say, you remember they, and they had those cavalcades there? And they had that music. And for them, for some of them, it may be like this highlight experience because you do get these, um, uh, this unique character um, interaction per se that you otherwise never got in uh, on, on the, along the promenade there. World Showcase. And I never process that it's happening until someone says, ma'am, you need to move aside. <laughs> oh, the music doesn't cue. I'm like, oh, like, that's the music. Okay. So loud. It's just so well, but I think, and look, I'm a fan of the cavalcades, and there's a part of me that hopes yeah, that they sure. remain, even when fire, when uh, parades come back, because it is, it it is these almost unexpected little um, surprise and delight bouche. moments like that you don't have to. It's like perfect. <laughs> you don't have to necessarily line up for. Uh, but I never thought about it in terms of the music, other than sort of just cueing the fact that it that it comes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's I, the first. It, yeah, it's the first time that we've seen parades or whatever in Epcot since, um, you know, tapestry of nations, tapestry of dreams left. And so I think for a lot of people, this is that their first time seeing something like that, you know, I mean, I think like a couple years ago, we we've maybe mentioned, you know, like look at all these crowds that have grown in the last few years with festivals and such, like there's no way that they could have a parade come through here now, but we're seeing them do it successfully, beautifully. Um, you know, like they you run said, release his toes every once in a while, but, yeah, they got to push her back. Mm-hmm. But the music just comes out of nowhere. Sometimes it hits you in the face and, hey, it's coming. And then it goes and you're still hearing it. It's a very, very um, only wonderful. In right. Only in Epcot. It's joyful and triumphant. And uh, it's letting you know that something's happening. Yeah. I love the cavalcades, too. And I think that the, I think the experience is, um, is one that's worth keeping. I just In Epcot, I would switch. They would just turn it down just a little bit. 
Okay, let's move from the music of the pavilions specifically to something I know that when I first brought up the idea of the music of Epcot Center to you, you all, I think, in, in internally focused on fireworks and shows and parades. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to illuminations, certainly, but there have been a lot before. And, Zach, you mentioned the cavalcades in terms of not having anything like that since Tapestry. And I'm so happy you brought that up because Tapestry of Nations and Tapestry of Dreams was one of my favorite elements of Epcot. It was the third and final parade that was ever in Epcot. And and other than the cavalcades, I don't expect that we'll ever see something like that again. I don't think we'll get a full-blown parade like that because of how crowded the promenade is so many of the fest i mean there's really a festival going on all the time but tapestry of nations and then tapestry of dreams was this very long very beautiful um parade that included floats and puppets that were designed by michael curry who did lion king on broadway as well as a lot of the shows for the theme parks including uh, legend of the lion king and it was written by gavin greenaway who was actually suggested to Disney by Hans Zimmer. Um, Hans Zimmer uh, couldn't or wouldn't do it, and he suggested Gavin Greenaway to create this beautiful um, musical parade that was very interactive, and and going into the details of the parade almost could be, and maybe it should be, a, a separate discussion and conversation, but because of how unique it was, how interactive it was, and that it was one that stopped and started and very much involved guests, uh, including and especially children, in terms of interacting with the Sage of Time, etc. But one of the things that was interesting about the music of this, which has always been and continues to be one of my favorite loops uh, ever of, of all the Disney loops, and this is one that, you know, quote-unquote existed on my iPod when you used to have to download music. Uh, It was recorded at at Abbey Road, which as you know is where the Beatles recorded their songs, and the lyrics are actually I think if you've heard the song and if you're like me, you've put the windows down in your car and you try to sort of make up what you think the lyrics are, but they're they're completely made up. Greenaway said that they made up to sound like a language, but he didn't want, and I think this is brilliant, he didn't want some people understanding it and some people to not. So nobody understands the words and everybody's on an even playing field, but he wanted the sounds and and the, the syllables to sound like some type of language with simple vowels and limited consonants. And he wanted every guest, every listener to attach their own meaning to it. So you were able to sort of have this interpretation of what the lyrics were that went along with this incredibly beautiful, and it was a very long parade too, that went around the entire World Showcase promenade. Did any of you actually see it in person or do you at least know of the music of which I speak? Zach Brown, you're raising your hands wildly. 
Samela Wela, man. It is right. uh, <laughs> nobody knows what it means. It was like a it was like a Michael Jackson phrase or something like that. You're like, I don't know what that is, but it's great. It, it just the the I love music like intros. It's it sets the whole tone and it just came in on like this wind and chimes and it was like something's happening and then you kind of got like little violins a little bit and it was just like you heard these like laughs and these voices these it something was on the wind and it was magical it was enchanting and the most impressive thing as a little kid was the big float that had like just a wheel of drums and they just kept rotating and these guys were just going to town i mean it was like phil collins heaven there were just these rotating toms it was the coolest thing ever um it was very tribal in its tone it just felt like the family was gathering like there was this celebration happening and we were all getting to be a part of it and it was this it was great because it wasn't the end of the day it was this really cool segue into those evening hours it was a really really cool um you're like four that, years old um <laughs> I, mean, I was seven so yeah but still it was very it left a very so large jealous. impression this is like a dark this is like the dark ages for me in terms of my disney parks experience because from from my when we went on our honeymoon in 96 until we went back like when michelle was pregnant with alex in 2001 like i didn't go i didn't i I didn't take a a trip to disney during that period of time and so there's so much cool stuff like this that i missed out on um so i'm jealous i'm a little jealous i've seen i've seen obviously i know the music really well and i and i've seen videos of it um but i really missed seeing the parade at least did you see it in person yeah i did it yeah. was beautiful and yeah, um yeah. you could hear it at the end of illumination so let's talk well about yeah that. no i mean the music <laughs> right the music she's the music. she's not saying anything just so we shut up and move on to I'm illuminations ready. already like, she's like have you heard of this show it's called Illumina i think i think it's kind of a big deal yeah, Tapestry was yeah, tapestry beautiful. Was um, a, a version of it was played during halftime of the 2000 Super Bowl, the uh, Ram Titan Super Bowl. And uh, Disney has put on some remarkable halftime shows. I think this was this was one of them. And this was one of the ones that, as a as a as a kid in Epcot, this definitely left an impression on me because of how close. It was how much I loved the music, how interactive it was. And unfortunately, the costumes, because of the, the heat and the humidity, the costumes just started to deteriorate um, over time. And then they had to make changes to the uh, the parade, which eventually closed in uh, 2003. But like you said, the music continues to live on. And, and if you... If you if you watch the parade and sort of get the message of, of unity and harmony, it very much was in alignment with um, uh, with World Showcase as well. We'll move on to nighttime shows, but but slow down just a second because before we make our way to Illuminations, I, I do want to quickly touch on the ones that preceded it, including and I don't know if any of you have seen Le Carnival de Lumiere which uh, debuted in not on opening day, but later in October 1982. Uh, This had rear projection screens on barges on World Showcase Lagoon. So Harmonious is not the first to use barges there. Unfortunately, this was only, you could only see it 
in a couple of places. Like if you weren't actually facing the screen, you didn't really get the entire effect of the show. And then there was a New World Fantasy also that had rear projection barges like Carnival. And then Laserphonic Fantasy, which absolutely sounds like it belonged in 1984 because that's when it uh, when it debuted until Illuminations 1988. And the mu- just from a musical perspective, I-, I will say Laserphonic Fantasy, again, which very much sounds like, you know, pink and blue neons of the 80s, had that very heavy synthesizer music, including this 80s synthetic version of the 1812 Overture. Which was sort of the grand finale of Laserphonic Fantasy. I'm going to assume, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb and say Carnival, New World Fantasy, Laserphonic Fantasy, never seen by any of you in person. Laserphonic Fantasy, I did see that because that would have, I think that would have been in play when I was there in '86. Yes, it, it ran until '88. So yep. Yeah, so that would have been. So I, it does. I it, it's not like I have a memory of it, like I do Main Street Electrical Parade or anything like that. But um, but I remember, I remember the the, the 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 pastel colors and the geometric shapes of things, and something I mean, that was all very mid ladies. So what you might remember because it was the first one to use the projection of lasers onto a water screen. So that was right. the first and, time Disney ever used utilized And then that they kept those elements. I mean yeah. they kept a lot of those elements too. Yeah. Right. It it very much was like what we had with Illuminations which you know was a nice transition to it. Okay, Lisa you can start smiling all of you because Illuminations Debuts we're not going to jump 19- right into Illuminations though, right? We're going we're going right into Illuminations because it used a lot of <laughs> elements and arrangements for both Laserphonic Fantasy as well as New World Fantasy that instead of using you know your Moog synthesizer they instead re-recorded them using full orchestration using a lot of the original orchestration that was created by the composer and new music was also created by Bruce Healy and Don Dorsey and actually if you go back to WDW Radio show number 15 Back in 2007, I have an interview with Don Dorsey who talks about the creation of the music and the story of how the Earth was created and the different, you know, if you've ever remember Illuminations and the story that was told in terms of the chaos and the order and the meaning and how the, the music followed along that progression and the use of the water effects and lasers and obviously fireworks and then having that second act that included music inspired by the future world themes of land, sea, energy, space, communication, and motion. All of those things sort of was this perfect storm, which obviously for so many reasons and for so many people is why Illuminations was such a beloved nighttime fireworks show and one that is still very much missed by people today so lisa and then zach and jason because i'm going in order of 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 enthusiasm that it seems like you have which is not fair because all of your your eyes light up when i said illuminations but i'll do ladies first and then uh by age just to try and be somewhat (laughs) fair i don't even know where to start like you don't start where you're supposed to start and we'll lose my mind you got a minute and a half it's hard for me to listen to the soundtrack now. 
Is it like an ex boy? Like, it's like an ex boyfriend. It is like, and I'll I'll say like when I didn't live here, like, and I would like sometimes I would play the Illumination soundtrack to like feel closer to here, and then there were sometimes that like my heart couldn't even take it because it's like it's just so big and beautiful and. Like, and I remember like, listen, like what we were all there together watching the show the last night and just watching it and like standing there and thinking like, I'm never going to see this again. Like, I don't, I didn't even know how to like process it. Um, and it's just, it's just, it was such a grand, incredible, beautiful thing. And like, I know I trust the Imagineers and I'm sure what's coming is amazing. And it was obviously at a 20 year run. It was, you know, it was time and like all the like logical ways, but it, it was just such a hard thing to let go of. And just the, the whole production, like from that first arcing, like firework into like the drums, well, the pre-music with Lou's favorite Inca dance and Montezuma and um, that the um, they were dancing barefoot before that. And then into like the reflections of earth and like the soaring, like the firework and the drums and like, and when the countries start to light up and the music is just like soaring and like your whole heart just like flies into the air. <laughs> I, Lou, when you do this, I hope you're layering the music over my voice right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you have to. It's just, it's, it was just the most like overwhelmingly beautiful thing. Um, I miss it so much. I miss and there it was so a much. half hour. And I, I mean, miss the pre show music was a half hour. Like that yeah, was not just like minutes. a little, you know, yeah. five, 10 minute thing. It was a, and the pre show loop was as good as the Illuminations loop. Thank yeah. you. Somebody yes. said it for love so of all things. Jason's I, I been holding both. his breath. Like, I should say both. There was, there was two versions. There was a 99 here. version and the, yeah, the, the 2004 version. The older one, yeah. But like the pre-music was so beautiful and like the timing of the lighting of the torches... And the extinguishing of the torches at the end of Tapestry of Nations and like leaving, like I'm, I miss leaving Epcot to promise and tapestry. Like I, it just doesn't feel right. Like walking out with those songs playing. I know. Um, they could still do it too. Like I guys, know, what they do you could think? still do it. Just, just queue it up. You, you mean you guys don't walk out with it playing in your headphones? I'm going to start. No, it's Is it just head. me? Um, <laughs> but no, I just, it's just. You know, it was 20 years, you know, so, but it was just so beautiful, you know, and the dulcet tones of Jim Cummings telling us to, you know. Do it, do it, read it. I have it. I have the script right here in front of me. (laughs) Good evening on behalf of Walt Disney World, the place where dreams come true. Wow, you sound just like Jim Cummings. The place where dreams come true. We welcome all of you to Epcot and World Showcase. We're gathered here tonight around the fire as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story as old as time itself but still being written. And though each of us has our own individual stories to tell, 
A true adventure emerges when we bring them all together as one. We hope you enjoy our story tonight. Reflections of Earth. But you can hear it, right? You say those and, and everybody, I know you, listener, is hearing his voice in yeah. your, your, your mind's ear and your mind's eye. You can see those torches. You can see how it darkens before it illuminates again and, and the lighting of each of the pavilions and those, those series of impactful moments throughout as it continues. The crescendo continues to build and then, you know, fall and then rise over and over again. And just like the lighting of the countries, like from that first, like, that firework that comes like overhead. <laughs> so good. How's it go again? <laughs> it sounds like a dying scooter. That's it. That's it. it, it no, a, you're right. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I was so afraid you'd lose waxing poetic about the illuminations and giving us all this wonderful detail and blah, blah, blah. And then Lisa started talking. I was like, it's like going to the wave and skipping bacon and eggs and bow and stuff. Like, well, you guys have to talk about the appetizer. You have to talk about the the pre-show music because it is, I think, Illuminations without the pre-show, pre-show music is not Illuminations. I mean, you can't, the when it begins with the, uh, what's it called? Our Life, I, I think it's called Our, it's called Our Life. And it's, and the, and the flames light up. And you know, you know, if you've been to Epcot just a, just, just a couple of times, you you get, um, it's like your internal clock. It's like your biological clock or something like 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 sets sets itself to the beginning of Illuminations. Like you know, you know that it's going to start in thirty minutes, and you know how much time you have to find your seat. You know how much time you have to get a drink and a snack, and like based on which which song is playing. Am I right? Like you know, like okay, this song's playing. So and then when when um, when dancing bare, they were dancing barefoot plays. That's the mo- that's it, right? That's like okay, it's about to happen. And it starts to get faster and faster as it goes along. It gets frantic. Oh, it's great! And you just like, I just want to dance barefoot, and then but I can't because little people call the authorities. But it's so much. I just I love the pre-show music as I know it's crazy to say it. But I love the pre-show music as much as I loved Illuminations. There's the whole the whole experience. Um, it needed it. And then, uh, I mean, you guys have already talked really beautifully about about Illuminations itself. But um, my favorite is when you can you can tell those for whom this show was new. It was their first time because there's that moment when everyone thinks that's the finale, right? And you're like, oh no, they they don't know. It's just getting good. <laughs> they, they don't know. Uh, even though that moment in, in in the that is like that is my favorite moment, the one that brings tears to my eyes. Um, but but still, like the, they they're like, oh, they're applauding. It's great. It's wonderful. And then and then it keeps going. You're like, <gasps> I love it. I love it. Um, and I think that it's it's one of the three the three pieces of music that if I listen to. Uh, bring me can they recenter me they bring me back to this place of joy um and they all happen to be uh compositions for from epcot and that is uh soren that is impressions of france and illuminations 
those three, I don't care what kind of mood I'm in. If I listen to those, I, I'm a happy person after that. I think the great thing, like Jason's saying, is that pre-show music. It's like when you go to a concert and the music that's like pumping before, it's getting you amped. Like your heart rate is elevated by the time that those lights went down and Darkwing Duck or Winnie the Pooh or whoever you view him comes in and he's like, good evening. And he does that amazing, like sticky sweet voice that he has. And he talks about being gathered around the fire, the story as old as time itself. And then that great moment when you know, oh, it's on. When it just goes. Oh, I love it. And then it's like, it and it's just, it's again, amping you up. And like Lisa's, like it goes it, and then everything goes into chaos literally the opening scene or whatever they call it, act one is chaos and it's fantastic and breaks into those fountains and the lasers and I swear to god every time it goes into that breakdown there's like a cool wind that passes by and you're just you're it's zen you're there you're in the moment and it's like there's this this breath and you're just waiting for it to happen and then everything just goes buck wild again and it's crazy And then the Celine Dion type lady comes on at the end and dads are crying and people are hugging each other and you're calling those people that you need to reconcile with. (gasps) What about at Christmas when they would do the let let there be peace on earth piece at the end? Just it's a good time. So I think the beauty and the brilliance of Illuminations is the fact that the pacing changes so many times throughout it's not this continuing building crescendo to this this incredible finale but it ebbs and flows in such a wonderfully beautiful way that very much aligns with and, and mimics and connects to what you're seeing as well as what you're hearing and that's why it it does elicits and evokes such an incredible emotional response as it does maybe differently than any other parade or nighttime fireworks spectacular in in all of Walt Disney World's history, right? I mean, I, you know, you can talk about things like wishes and, and how the Disney music does that to you. But in terms of emotional roller coaster that, that takes you on in this score that has no words, Right. Never, never a single word is spoken, which I think adds to the 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 depth and the breadth and the the gravitas of this music. And you mentioned, you know, we talk about bookending it with the pre-show music. You want to talk about an impactful end of your night. Right. So the reason why, look, the reason why Disney initially started having fireworks in Disneyland was not just as a carrot to keep people in the parks to the end of the day so they could spend more money. While it might seem that way from an accounting or a fiscal point of view, it's not. It's because Walt wanted the beginning and the end of your day to feel the same way, right? That initial rush when you first walked in, that excitement, the adrenaline and everything happening. He wanted to bookend that at the end of the night with something that was spectacular. It was going to give you that same type of feeling, no matter how tired or broke you might have been at the end of the day, you were going to feel a certain way. And that's what not really Illuminations itself and, and that score does, but we go on and promise. It is that promise of, of optimism at the end of the night that to use a Walters, and we will keep moving forward, um, both individually and collectively as a a, a species 
And I think um, that song that that was written by Don Dorsey, if you look at and you listen to the words, um, you can just read those words and hear it in, in your your in your mind. And still get that same type of impact. And it's really interesting because Kelly Coffey is the the singer of We Go On and Promise. And she tells a story about how they weren't really sure exactly what they wanted this to sound like. Um, So a vocal contractor reached out to her. She went in and she was doing demo recordings and saying to herself like she couldn't believe how beautiful the song was and the vocals that you hear in the show are the actual demo tracks that she laid down during those sessions like it was literally like a one and done i'm sure she recorded multiples but the one that they used was the initial one right so you would think that she would have done for a project like, like this hundreds of takes before they get but i think that's probably why it's so impactful because as she's singing this from the for the very first time the lyrics are meaningful to her and i think that comes through in in her performance we'll go i didn't know that well that's awesome so, but i okay so wait got to go back because for me, the we we go on element is very much still Illuminations mm-hmm. show, right? Like, I mean, I know there's people who separate that out. I know the Disney soundtrack even separates it out. I think, but um, for me, it's always been I mean, it's, it's, it is that it is the climactic finish to Illuminations. I've always just felt that it was all sort of one part of. I know it's a, I know it's a different song, it's different, but it's like. It's all still part of Illuminations to me. We no? go on, but you still, yeah, so you on. feel we yeah. go on is sort of the I feel like know, the finale is, of it, but yeah. Promise is sort of the uh, Promise is the leading up Promise song. is like the the tag that's going out. Yeah, I mean, we go on is like the torches lighting and the globe. But lighting. then there's still the pyrotech- pyrotechnics after that, like the craziness. Um, well, because you have this this wonderful blend of of elements of we go on and tapestry, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes it such a unique piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I miss it. How so does that much. song go, Jason? How does Promise go again? I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I hum it in the corner for you. For he hums place. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say that, all I do is I picture you like at the end of Blair Witch Project, just humming to yourself in the corner. <laughs> I feel That's so right. scared. It's something like that, yeah. Um, I just miss it so much. I miss it so much, and I, uh, I'm excited about what's what's coming. Um, I'm, well, I think I, that's what prom- right. So it's a perfect transition because promise yeah. talks about the the promise of opportunity, and mm-hmm. you know when look there was a lot of very sad people. We did uh, we like we uh, WW Radio. We did a a uh, a dessert party on mm-hmm. it was the final night or the night before the final night of illuminations right. and there was um, not a dry eye there 
Um, and it had nothing to do with the deliciousness of the desserts. It was about what that meant for people. And right now we have, and, and I was actually very excited for the announcement of Epcot Forever, this transitional, I think, gift to Epcot fans because it was meant to be this medley of Epcot music mix in with the voices of children quoting different attractions. It, it's a, there are new arrangements of traditional Epcot songs. I actually would have preferred to hear the original Epcot songs. Like, you're yeah, gonna, if you're going to give it to me, give it to me as it was in 1982, 1983. And, and that would have, because I, I, there was a, an, a little bit of an emotional disconnect for me mm-hmm. from the Epcot Forever songs and the originals that I knew and that I loved and I was oh, hoping for or expecting. Well, you wanted the the real album and you got Kids Bop Epcot. (laughs) And it was like, nope, this is not what I signed up for. This wasn't what I was promised. Thank you, you got, good night. You got jet skis I, and kites, and that was pretty cool. Cool. I got what they were that. trying to do. I mean, it was hard to kind of unify all those songs and have them all be sung by children and then, like, a whole new world at the end sung by – like, I get, like, where they were – I get, like, what the conversation at the table was, like, mm-hmm. that resulted in that. But, yeah, at it the end of the day – It looks good on paper, was, but – Yeah, it, it made not. total sense on paper. Yeah. Like, oh, how are we going to unify all these songs? Oh, let's have children singing them all and then – a whole new world at the end because we're looking at something new and um, and it's World Showcase and it like it all made sense on paper. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was definitely an emotional disconnect. I mean, it was cool to see kind of some of the new tech that they were playing with and um, and definitely like it was one of those moments where I think we all knew going in and seeing it like that they kind of got their fan base and they were trying to service their fan base, like the hardcore illuminations fans who were hurting the most at the end of that show like that's who i think they were trying to service with this show that kind of paid tribute to epcot's history um it didn't resonate with me as much as i had hoped that it would but that being said like they knew it was going to be extremely temporary so um not, I don't a, think not as temporary as i thought that we were going to be like <laughs> clinging to a year later and like hoping yeah. it would never go away so um yeah, I mean, I, if there was going to be a year without shows, if that was the show I had to give up, then yeah, you know. And I fine. and I and I do have. I think I do, I do think that I think it's going to be great. I think that Harmonious is going to be great. And I know there's you don't want to go back to the front of, of the park. There's a lot of pressure on Harmonious. I know, but I'm like just the yeah. arrangement that I've heard recently uh, at the front of the park, the new entrance arrangement um, that I'm in love with. Now there's only a couple in there that I'm not thrilled with, but but I, I love it. Um, I, and what they've done, what they've done to leave leave a legacy, Thailand, the, the sort of the colorizing it and um, and and how the the flags, what the flags look like now, with the like, I'm starting to feel it again. Mm. I'm starting to feel it again, and it's giving me hope. It's giving me hope that this that, and I need hope. I mean. Um, because the way it looks right now is not great, but the but the, I believe that the music I, I think this harmonious music is going to be great, and I think that is is obviously very much intentional. Like Future World proper 
is this winding pathway of walls and construction and and half torn down and half built up attractions and look every time i go i tell people it's it's hard you know when something mm-hmm. when you're undergoing a massive transformation things have to be torn down and things have to be built up and it's not pretty you know building a house is not necessarily a pretty thing to see when it's it's going up but you have to have faith in what the final outcome is going to be and i think what the entrance plaza of future world and 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 epcot is right now Mm-hmm. is that promise of what is coming. And you're almost able to forget about those walls for a minute because when you do see those crystal pylons and you hear that music and you see those new nighttime lights and wow. even the Leave right. a Legacy walls coming back and, and having those rainbow colors, it's beautiful again. And when that's finished, I think it's going to be spectacular. And, and look, I know that there are some people, <coughs> present company, who don't necessarily love the new structures in, in for for harmonious but i think this is going to look i'm a wait and see kind of guy like i i don't judge based on what i see now i judge based on what it's going to look like and the promise that they have made to us from a visual perspective in terms of these choreographed moving fountains and the lights and the lasers and the pyrotechnics from a music perspective I'm curious of what this, and I'm quoting, this dreamscape of music and imagery from Disney animated films reimagined by diverse cultural musicians and artists from around the world. This transformative experience where we can discover how Disney music has the power to inspire and unite us all. It feels Illuminations-ish. I just made that word up. Can you tell? With the introduction of, as we've started to see just from a pavilion perspective, Disney more it's a more Disneyfication of the park and a more Disneyfication of what this is going to be. I am incredibly curious as to not only what this is going to look like, but what this is going to sound like. And when I said that there's a lot of pressure on Harmonious, it is. It it's to follow. You know, you don't want to be the date that follows Illuminations that is so incredibly beloved by so many people for such a long period of time. And I think everything the Imagineers are doing um, in Epcot speaks volumes about how well they understand their fan base from everything that they've done to the entrance to the main gates at Future World, to, you know, Figment having a huge presence at the festivals, to, um, you know, just they've done so much to honor the past of Epcot. And I feel like that speaks volumes about where we're moving forward, what we're moving forward into and how much um, the Imagineers understand like what their fan base wants. Um, you know, I, I will say like a, a tiny personal backstory, like growing up, like there was this beautiful like farm near my house that was, it had this, it, my mom would call it like a paint by number Vista. It was like a f- beautiful farmhouse and trees and this gorgeous lake. And the lake had this stupid fountain that was in the middle of it. And my dad and I used to laugh about the fountain. We were like, "This, why is the fountain there? Like, it's this peaceful, beautiful, gorgeous vista. And why is there a fountain in the middle of it? So that's from which I come. So, you know, the idea of there being like fountains during the day in the middle of my World Showcase Lagoon, not thrilled. That being said, I feel like the Imagineers like have a good aesthetic sense. And if they have ch- decided that these barges are worth it, <laughs> 
for what's to come, what's to come has got to be pretty good. But because, remember, you're not going to see And look, I, I have no horse right, in the race other saying, than being like, a fan. Right. I don't need a fountain in the middle of World Showcase Lagoon in the middle of the day. I was very happy. I'll with play it, devil's <laughs> advocate. I will play devil's advocate. Right. And I'm not saying this is one, but what we see right now are these large black barges and the Stargate in the middle, which is actually kind of cool because I like Stargate. But we forget that these are going to be operating throughout the day. They are going to be fountains. I I think they are going to add a kinetic look. There was nothing spectacular about the view across the lagoon. Right. I mean, if you were a photographer, you better have a great zoom lens in order to get the pavilion. That is, you know, if you want to get a picture of, you know, Mexico from Canada, you better have a really good lens on that camera. It was peaceful. It was serene. It was nice to take the the, the friendship boat. But I do, and I'm hopeful that I, I like having a kinetic element to it. I, I look forward to having a kinetic element there that has not been there before. So I'm going in optimistic and, you know, well, it, it is, I, I have to wait and see. Well, I'm very I optimistic. To be optimistic I, I think it's going to be incredible. And I'm very much looking forward to them making use of this gorgeous 360 degree lagoon. Um, I did think that the vista across World Showcase Lagoon was stunning and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to zoom lens. I'd want a wide angle to take it all in. Um, I thought it was wonderful and I'm, going to miss it very much. That being said, for me, for me, seeing those barges, I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, the daytime fountains are going to be so amazing. I'm thinking if the Imagineers think this is worth it, what's coming has got to be amazing. Yeah. Because if they have chosen to put these five barges in the middle of World Showcase Lagoon and they think it's worth blocking that vista, then this nighttime show has got to be something insanely spectacular. And I'm looking forward to it. And the daytime show, maybe. amazing. And the daytime show. I mean, that's what I'm also hoping is that is that the fountains. I and, and I'm with yeah. you in terms of wanting the unobstructed view, but to have what we we have, I think that uh, if it means having the fountains going during the day, uh, that I think there's probably something cool to be done with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and I hope that there's something that also adds that that, 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 that like pluses that World Showcase Lagoon experience now. Yeah, I'd love to see them playing with the music, the way that Fountain of Nations used to like kind of play with the music. I'd love to see them doing something like that. Which is what I I think is going to happen. Um, Yeah. And just to quick, so do you know that originally designs and plans for the Earth Globe for Illuminations was supposed to be like much bigger? Like it was supposed to be huge. And they, they debated, do we keep this in the middle of the lagoon or because of... For, for different reasons, they, they had to move it backstage. And the only reason why the Earth Globe and some of the other barges weren't bigger was because they couldn't get it past the, the bridge over yeah. by the China Pavilion. The bridge was too small for mm-hmm. as big as they wanted the, that, that, those barges to be. Uh, and, get a, and because at the time, they had to keep bringing them backstage. And my heart really goes out to the artists that are making this show. You know, the people that have made this music, it's like having to follow Queen at Live Aid. Like, how do you follow that up? I mean, Illuminations, Reflections of Earth was so just, whoa. So anything after that has got to totally just blow people's minds away. So, you know, like Lisa said, we trust Imagineering. You know, they, they're not going to make these huge decisions, hopefully, unless they know 
that it is going to totally walk in and say, you know, hold my dole whip, that this thing is going to hopefully, Lord willing, be leaps and bounds in the direction of just like, man, this is next level. You know, like Jason said, what we saw with Epcot Forever with the, the LED lights and the, the jet skis, I mean, that's a really fun element, but it was something that we didn't expect. And the first time that those went up that first night, it was like, whoa, that's cool. Didn't see that coming. I'm really hoping for the things that we don't know about, that those are the things that we all go, see now that, that's what made it for me, whether it be a show element or the music or whatever. My I mean, heart for of me, hearts. just having seen like Fantasmic in Disneyland versus here, my eyes were open to like how much more they could do. And Lou, I mean, I haven't been to the Japan park in 20 years and I know you've seen what they've done out in Japan and that's given you a lot of excitement about what the possibilities are in World Showcase Lagoon. So I, I, I can only imagine what's to come. I'm crazy. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not like looking at these barges and hating harmonious. Like I'm extremely excited about harmonious. And, but for me, it's almost like the barges are so bad right now that it makes me all the more excited about like what makes them worthwhile. (laughs) All right. To follow your analogy, who followed queen at live aid? Who is harmonious? I was wondering. I Uh, figured was it Bowie, David Bowie, Mm. David in, in in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as we circle back and sort of pull back and take a, a thirty thousand foot view of, of not just World Showcase but but Epcot in general. I mean, we said during the Future World segment about how so much of the Future World music was our favorite for so many reasons. I think we have illustrated that there's a lot of music here that we feel passionately about. We have emotional connections and attachments to. Um, I'm curious to hear from you, the listener. When you say World Showcase music, what is the first thing you think of and why? What is that song that, you know, lives on your playlist, lives in your mind, the one that you think of when you think of World Showcase music? I would love to continue this conversation in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. I will post that question there. Um, so just quickly, uh, again, Lisa, Zach, Jason, um, thoughts overall about the the music of World Showcase or a single song that you think on that that is your favorite? I mean, again, for me, it's such a unique place because instead of trying to insulate you in this place, it's meant to transport you. Um, and, you know, setting aside, of course, illuminations, because that's over. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's hard to pick just one. I think La Vie Rose is probably the one song that I associate the most with World Showcase and like walking in those back gates um, and, and, and just being there. Molly Malone and some other ones, I think, come close. But La Vie Rose, I think for me, is, is, is that, main, that main song. I really wish I had a unique answer, but I'm going to have to say same because the, again, come, staying at like Yacht and Beach Club or whatever, just coming through the International Gateway and the accordion playing La Vie and Rose, it's just Epcot, like World Showcase. It is, I'm there, you come under those big oak trees and it's kind of like, okay, are we going to France to get the patisserie? Are we going to United Kingdom to get other food? It's that moment that I've arrived, you know, in the same way that the entrance music at the front of the park really carries you in to me, that, that one track is love and Rose. And it really does carry me into that international feel. 
So I wish I had something a little bit more original, but that's me. It's uh, for me. I mean, it's it's not. I. It would be in the impressions to France soundtrack, which I know isn't fair because that's in an attraction and it's multiple songs. But for me, that that is where my heart goes. Um, which also, which also would lead me to a song you can't hear anymore in the park, which would be that they were dancing barefoot song. Because for, for me, that was that was the trigger. That was the emotional trigger that this 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 incredible thing that I can't get enough of is going to happen momentarily. Um, but honestly, I think if there was a, it's it's hard to pick one specific song that represents Epcot, and so I think. In some ways, I go I go back to the happy place, which I think we share, Lou, which is sitting in the garden in Japan. Um, and any of the songs, just like that would be playing the tranquil music, the the soft rumble of the of the waterfall. There, I think that, that's for me right now. That is the sound of Epcot. You know what I love about. Epcot and really all the parks, but especially here with with the the melding of a future world and world showcase is that we have some music created by Disney for Disney specifically for attractions as well as others that are scores that are familiar, whether they be from films or in world showcases case uh, culturally representative of the pavilions that are there uh, i think it gives us an, an understanding and appreciation and what i love about especially especially places like world showcase it takes us on this emotional journey from the the serene and calm to some of those like you said those more uh, explosive manic moments of of joy and anticipation and optimism and i think it's just it's they're they're beautifully crafted along the way and i love the fact that so many of them have remained exactly the way they were uh, since the park opened in 1982 but like i said i want to hear from you your thoughts on world showcase your favorite music what comes to mind first and after you're done sharing that in the clubhouse please go and visit all the great stuff that lisa Zach and Jason are doing. Uh, ladies and then gentlemen, uh, tell people where they can find you and why. Uh, you can find me over on my blog at thecastlerun.com and on Instagram at thecastlerunner um, and um, those iterations on other other social media platforms. Um, I also have Core Memory Candles, um, which is my scent company that I've created. Um, you can find that on the shop tab at thecastlerun.com or also at the core memory, core You can find me over on Facebook or Instagram under the Zach Brown show. Um, I've got a podcast. You can check that out on Spotify and iTunes. Everybody has a story to tell. We all have passions and differences, similarities, and we share those on the show and make the world a little smaller and a lot more friendly. So check it out. And when I'm not eating, and trying to invite Lou to eat something in Disney World. <laughs> I am creating videos of celebrating quiet moments of joy in Walt Disney World. And you can find those at herewithamagic.com. And there's also a little fun show that I do three weeks, three days a week called The Lunch Break. And I'd love to have you head on over to to, to have lunch with me there virtually. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here with the magic live.com. We get started at 12 p.m. Eastern 
on those days. I should probably mention after hours too. There's my buddies, Carlos and Colin. Uh, we do this little thing, 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights called After Hours. You can check that out at herewiththemagiclive.com or at After Hours on Facebook and YouTube. I will link to all of those um, good stuff all around um, that, that you guys do and create. Thank you again for joining me on this virtual tour of the magic of and the music of Epcot Center. All right, quick lightning round question. If we could, you could transport yourself all of us together and sit one place in one pavilion outside with a snack of choice and just watch people go by and listen to the music. Where would it, where would you go and what would you eat? Lisa, Zach, Jason, go fast. Um, we would have the full kitchen booth at um, Hanami at Japan. And we would take it up to Katsura grill and relax at the Koi pond and listen to some music. Ditto. Ditto. Uh, something from France to get a pastry or a sandwich and then to sit on one of those benches by the fountain. So you kind of get the Skyliner on one side. We've got the fountain and the pretty music. That's my spot. Zach's going to be all alone. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, do me a favor. Bring us a couple of pastries over to Japan because that's what the rest of us are. (laughs) I'll meet you there. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in which you see, hear, taste, or maybe remember, maybe identify where in Walt Disney World you may have heard a sound, song, or a quote. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by Sideshow Collectibles, where you can let your Disney sideshow with limited edition collectible figures, statues, art prints, jewelry, replicas, apparel, and lots more. I'm telling you, the items here are unlike anything you're going to find anywhere else because expert artists, sculptors, model makers, painters, and costumers have created the most intricately detailed likenesses of characters and ships from Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, other films and shows. Look, I I never partner with or promote anybody that I don't use and like. I have a ton of sideshow collectible figures and ships that I have both bought for myself. I have an amazing Battlestar Galactica, by the way, as well as given gifts for others as well. You can check out their Disney collection by going right to www.radio.com slash Disney side or browse through the entire collection by going to www.radio.com slash sideshow. And if you want to save $15 off your first order, all you need to do is sign up for their free newsletter. Again, www.radio.com slash sideshow. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me where in Walt Disney World you could have heard this phrase. If you like vegetables, fresh fruits, and flowers, give thanks to us. I want to first thank the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct and knew, of course, it was, well, you know what? Rather than tell you, maybe I'll just let them sing it for you instead. We're Fresh fruit and flowers. Obviously, that is the cast from It's Tough to Be a Bug in Disney's Animal Kingdom. 
And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Kelly McGowan. So, Kelly, you use the online form. I have your mailing address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, I'm going to test not just what you hear, but what you see, and see how well you pay attention to the details. Because if you visit Belle's home in Maurice's cottage in New Fantasyland in Magic Kingdom, you'll see that Belle and her father were in the middle of playing what type of game? If you look around the cottage, you'll see that Belle and her father were in the middle of playing a game. All you need to do is tell me what game they were playing in order to win this week's contest. Now, this week, we have new prizes instead of the books and audio tours. This week, you're playing for a new WW Radio pin and keychain. And I'm going to post photos of those on the WW Radio blog because these are all new designs and not like a traditional uh, metal pin that you'll find in the Disney parks. And these are only available as contest prizes. Now, you have until Sunday... April 4th, happy Easter by the way, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast episode, there you'll find the form, and again, you're going to play for the new pin, the new keychain, so good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for spending and sharing your time with me this week. Don't forget to tell me what your favorite World Showcase music is from the pavilions we discussed this week, as well as the fireworks, the parades, your thoughts on Harmonious. You can come and discuss this week's show and anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe by being part of the community and conversation and being part of the WW Radio Clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That is our private group on Facebook. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to visit the WW Radio page on Facebook and check out the WW Radio blog at www.radio.com. You can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 with a question, a comment about this week's show, or just a hello from the parks. And email me, lou at www.radio.com, if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show. Also, don't forget to join me this and every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for www.radio.live.com. It is our weekly live broadcast and conversation on Facebook where I'll share not just conversation about this week's show, but my top five live where you could be part of helping to create the list. You can call in. We have our Disney Plus Pick of the Week. We'll be talking again about Falcon and Winter Soldier theories and discussion there. 20 questions, comments, your questions, calls, and more again every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radio.live.com. Speaking of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, I also invite you to join our spoiler support group at www.radio.com slash spoilers. It is exactly what it says. It is a support group and a place to talk about spoilers for not just Falcon and Winter Soldier, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. A lot of fun, great place to share some theories and questions and links as well. Huge, huge thanks to all the members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month with monthly scavenger hunts and trivia quests, live video group calls, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, and lots more. I want to thank some new members and longtime members, including Tara Warwick, William Packard, Erica Lewandowski, DeAndre Thomas, K. 
Casey Potts and Christian Mika. If you are a new member, look for your welcome package in the mail coming soon. If you want to find out more and how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month, and don't forget that a portion of your contribution, which is completely optional, of course, does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. You can visit www.radio.com slash support. If I can help you turn what you love into what you do, your blog into your business, or speak at your event or school, you can find out all the different ways I can work with you and help you, including speaking, coaching, our weekly mentorship group, and more by visiting lumongello.com. Thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider, whether you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, opening soon, Disney Cruise Line, or anywhere on the planet, you can visit mousefantravel.com for all available discounts, the best possible prices, and most importantly, it comes at no cost to you with an incredible level of personal support. Tell them Lou sent you. And and speaking of traveling with Mouse Fan Travel, please join me and Mouse Fan Travel and other members of the WW Radio family on our WW Radio Marvel Day at Sea group cruise, February 5th through the 10th, 2022. We'll be sailing on the Disney Magic out of Miami, Florida for five nights, including Days at Sea, Georgetown Grand Cayman, and of course, Disney's Castaway Key. And I will tell you that having done a Marvel Day at Sea cruise before, it is my favorite of all the Disney cruise itineraries on my favorite ship. And in addition to all the amazing things that happen on a Marvel Day at Sea cruise and Disney cruise in general, as being part of the WW Radio group, you're also going to enjoy exclusive meetups, pre-stay hotel specials, group dining, shore excursions, a lot of special surprises that we're already starting to plan and lots more. But you can only participate by booking through the official group with mousefantravel.com you can get a free no obligation quote by visiting www.radio.com slash marvel cruise there you'll find out details a booking request form as well as our itinerary and i hope to see you on board at sea and at cabanas then palo and elsewhere february 5th through the 10th 2022 finally if you like the show and i hope that you do all i ask is that you please help spread the word Tell a friend, invite them to listen, and share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. And if you can, take just a few seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. It is incredibly helpful, even if you don't necessarily listen on Apple Podcasts. If you use Overcast or Spotify, that's okay. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Chandler S., who says, This is the only podcast you'll ever need. If you're looking for a Disney podcast or any nude podcast for that matter, stop looking. I stumbled across WW Radio in 2018 and haven't looked back. You won't find a more knowledgeable, passionate, entertaining, or gracious host than Lou Mangiello. Well, thank you. On topping, on top of helping you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, Lou manages to augment your love of Disney each week while giving you the same warm feelings in your chest that you get at the parks. Lou's more than a host. He's a historian, food critic, trivia expert, and life coach, all wrapped up in one optimistic package. My partner and I had the pleasure of meeting Lou at an after-hours event in Magic Kingdom last January, and after one conversation confirmed that Lou is the same genuine, positive, enthusiastic spirit that shines through on the show. Oh, thank you. I can't imagine what my car rides, walks to class, and workouts would have been like over the past few years without the podcast, but I'm thankful for the years ahead I'll have as a listener. So don't just choose the good, as Lou says. Choose the best with WD Radio. Thanks, Lou. Your impact is immeasurable, and I can't imagine what my Disney experience would be like without your show wow thank you so much i'm gonna save this one and read it every time i feel down and and jay patrick whitley says little timmy foster is a star sure lou is good but tim foster is a star in the making 
Apple, Jay Packley, Whitley, and Chandler. Thank you both very much again. Just search for WW Radio and Apple Podcasts or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for instructions and a link about how and where to do it. Finally, most importantly, none of this would be possible without you. Um, since day one, this show has always been by, for, with, and about you. And I hope that it does make your day and your week happier and inspires you to be better, to choose the good and find the good in everything that you do and be the good and spread it to other people. And if there's ever any way at all that I can help you, by all means, please, please let me know. I hope that this really is your best week ever. So until next time, hope to see you on Wednesday night. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Beth in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and I had to laugh when I was uh, listening to the last episode of the listener email because at that point I was so sure that I was staying at the Riviera. And then they revealed the new poly rooms. And actually I saw like pictures of the furniture first. So I had had my wonderful NEI agent, Jackie, move me back to the poly. And then they released the new design for the rooms. And I was so happy. So, yeah, 50th birthday is going to be at the Polynesian. So, yeah, but I also wanted to just comment um, about Raya and the Last Dragon, because I know we talked about it uh, at Clubhouse um, last week. But one thing that occurred to me, were, and, you know, it's perfectly cool. You feel, you know, the way you do with the dragon and stuff, but about how she, like, didn't know some of the things um, or like some of the way that she would talk. And I think about, she had been around for, she'd been not around for 500 years. So she probably didn't know what credit was and stuff. So I don't know. I kind of interpret it as that. I mean, she's no Mushu by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but um, I really, I love the movie and I saw it. I've seen it twice already. So um, definitely on my, get it on um, a Blu-ray DVD when it comes out. But yeah, saw it in the theaters. I'll say that. Um, New York City theaters opened up just in time to go see it. So that was awesome. But yeah, so now it's just planning for my vacation at the Polynesian for my 50th birthday this summer. So hope everybody's doing well. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Heather from Milwaukee. I hope you're doing well. Um, I was just listening to show 610. I'm a little behind. Um, about the music from Epcot Future World. And uh, one person was saying that, oh, how bad Food Rocks was. I really liked it, actually. I don't know. I just, gosh, how old was I when, I, when we were watching it? I think I was probably six, sixth grade-ish. And I thought it was really fun. Um, I loved all the music. And, um, you know, it was still, like, a little bit like Kitchen Cabaret, just cooler. So just saying, I liked it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I love listening to your shows. And I hope that you are staying healthy and happy. And hello to all the other listeners. You guys have a great day. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Darlene Aggie, formerly of West Seneca, New York, and the new half marathoner. And guess what? We have a countdown for the Marvel Cruise. Next February, it's about 11 months away, a little less than that now, and I will be sailing on that with everyone that is going. I am so excited. It's going to be an epic time. We are going to have so much fun. I love Marvel, and this is the perfect way because I love cruising on a Disney cruise ship. The magic is perfect. And, of course, my WDW radio family cruisers will be on it, so it's getting to be very, very exciting. 
now just let's fast forward. But I know Lou's got other things up his sleeve, like always, on that whiteboard that we can't see. So you all have a magical day, and I will talk to you real soon. Love, hug, stay positive, and please wear a mask.